Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to episode, we will address the anointing of God. What is it? What does it feel like? Where does it come from? And what kinds of anointings are there? And how do you increase it in your life? The Hebrew word for the anointing is mishka, which means smearing. And the Greek word for it is prisma, which translates to rubbing in. The material substance of the anointing gets rubbed onto you. And the more time you spend with God, the more anointing will stay with you. Elisha's bones carried so much anointing that a dead body came back to life when it touched his dry bones. 2 Kings 13, 20, and 21. Then Elisha died and they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land the spring of that year. So it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied the band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood to his feet. The anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the anointing is a tangible spiritual material that can manifest as a material substance in the natural or remain in the spiritual. But it is felt to the touch and can be transmitted from one person to the next. The power can be stored like a battery on fabrics and liquids. The Lord explained it to me this way. The more you boldly wear me for all to see, the more the rubbing of the anointing will dry permanently like an indelible tattoo. People will feel me when they are near you. They will have a knowing of me because of your boldness. Elisha's bones were so steeped by my presence that every atom and neuron was saturated by my anointing and remained on the prophet's bones because of his boldness for me. It was a permanent imprint. It's kind of like memory foam. Memory foam receives an imprint when touched and then pops back after you take your hands off of it. But when that happens over and over and over and over and over, the imprint remains. Evidence of it remains visible even after the person gets up. The same is true of the anointing, if it is present repeatedly in your life. This is accomplished by a lifestyle of abiding in my presence. What does the anointing feel like? The anointing is perceivable by your senses. Jesus felt the anointing leaving his body when the woman with the issue of the blood touched his robe. See Mark 5.30. I often feel glory bumps or goosebumps when I'm praising or worshiping the Lord or when I'm sharing a message from God with other people. You can grow in the sensitivity of perceiving the tangible anointing. The more awareness you have of the anointing, the more able you are to yield to it and allow the Holy Spirit's will to move you. The anointing is felt in a variety of ways and is often different depending on the kind of anointing you're experiencing. Here are some of the ways that the anointing was sensed by the prophets in the Bible. Jeremiah described it as a burning in the mouth. I believe what he meant here is that God urgently gave him words to speak. See Jeremiah 5.14. Daniel described it as a shaking or a trembling. 
See Daniel 10, 10 to 11. Ezekiel described it as a feeling of an out-of-body or weightlessness experience and also as pushing forward like God's hand was on his back. See Ezekiel 3, 14. Samuel described it as the enlightening of the word of God where he was aware that God was giving him understanding and wisdom. See 1 Samuel 3.21. Luke described it as a passion or a thrill or an excitement he could feel in the spirit leading him into understanding. See Luke 24.32. I have personally also experienced it like warm liquid flowing through my body or falling backward or falling forward. To be slain in the spirit is to pass out and have a visionary encounter with God. And when I asked the Lord what he wanted me to know all about the anointing, he said, I want you to become super sensitive to the feelings and sensations of the different types of anointing so you can recognize what I'm doing and what I want to do through you. The first step is to desire more of me and then my anointing power and ask me for a greater level of that sensitivity. When you are tuned to me in that way, you will not miss the small nudges or unctions that I give you when I'm trying to get you to do something or say something or move you in a certain direction. To be a guide, you must be an expert in the terrain. So remember to be focused on me for the increase and the sensitivity of the feelings of the anointing. Be obedient to my promptings. Stay in the word. Pray in tongues every day. It feeds me and it feeds you. Then you will see an increase. God gave me some specific instructions in this last journal entry. He said to pay attention so you know when you are receiving the manifestation of the anointing. And he said that there's always a purpose for it. So make sure that you ask him to clarify its purpose. Next, realize that he wants to release it. So learn how to channel the anointing according to God's purpose is important. There are three major categories of the anointing. The first is the believer's anointing. This anointing is only available for new covenant believers because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It did not exist in Old Testament days. It is called the anointing within because it comes from the indwelling Holy Spirit. It is activated by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we have an entire episode on in the pattyej.podbean.com site. This believer's anointing allows you the ability to release all of the Holy Spirit manifestation gifts. Again, we've talked about that in other episodes as well. You can grow your believer's anointing by increasing your faith, which increases God's empowering grace, which leads to an increase of God's glory. So we can see that the believer's anointing, which we received at salvation, is activated by the baptism of the Holy Spirit and increases as you mature in Christ. The releasing of these gifts is a ministerial anointing. This is the anointing upon a person given when the Lord has given them a specific assignment. This anointing was also present in the Old Testament days but it was more of just an anointing upon for certain circumstances. And ours is a releasing of the ministerial anointing from within as the Holy Spirit is directing. 
This anointing is present when God adds the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit and the ministerial gifts of the specific purpose for the anointing to be activated. A quick summary of the manifestation gifts are speaking in tongues, and that's speaking in the language of heaven that blesses God and blesses you. Interpretation of tongues, this is for understanding what is God saying through the tongues. Prophecy, which is speaking and sharing what God has given you to share. Sometimes it's future warnings for repentance or blessings, but they are always given to encourage, uplift, and exhort direct. Words of knowledge, when the Lord shares something with you about someone that you should not be able to know in order to help know how to pray for them or to bless them. Word of wisdom is when the Lord clarifies scripture and helps you understand it for your own life. Discerning spirit is when the Lord helps you understand the truth from lies so that you know what spirits are influencing you and what spirits are influencing the culture. Faith, which is a supernatural ability to believe God for his promises in a moment or an instant so you can stand on them. Healing, God's power to minister healing by his will and purposes and the gift of miracles which is basically pulling down the resources of heaven for god's glory when you add this with the other sort of specific ministerial and motivational gifts such as your ability to serve with helps hospitality teach encourage uh, create music and art gift giving people things organizing ministry sort of things mercy these are all gifts that god has uniquely called you to do and when he adds the holy spirit power to the way he has uniquely gifted you and then puts it all together for service in a moment that is when you know the anointing is present and god is on top of it no one person can operate in the ministerial anointing at all times The Lord releases this when there are specific assignments given. The Lord described it to me like holding on to a live electrical wire. You would not be able to do that forever. The mysterial anointing grows stronger and stronger according to your spiritual maturity. In other words, you can handle more when you have that battery stretched. You have your capability stretched to be able to handle it. The Lord gives you more and increases your levels of anointing as you are faithful with him. Time spent in the word, praying, praying in tongues, fasting, increase your ability to handle increased levels of anointing. The third type is called the corporate anointing, and that's when the anointing will spread in an entire gathering collectively And it is a multiplication of personal anointings spreading like a wildfire through a group. This is the greatest anointing of all. Praise and worship can bring a corporate anointing when the individuals united together are manifesting God's anointing presence in a group. The anointing spreads like wind or a thick cloud and everyone in the place will get healed. People in that room will be able to see God, visions, be transformed, healing, hear his voice, praise, unite into a single voice where in some cases you can even hear the angels worshiping along with you when this happens. I have experienced this level of God's presence and it is indescribable. This is what the Lord had to say about it. 
He said it's like everyone in the room has an energy bar, but the thermostat has a temperature and a fan. The temperature is the need or hunger, and the fan is the faith level. When you get a lot of people in the same room with the same hunger, the fan goes higher, and it blows with heat at a greater intensity. A single worship song can raise the anointing level in a room simply by connecting with the hearts of those there. The worship leader can begin the increase with a sincere love and worship, and then the anointing can spread across the entire congregation. If the leader is not filled with the anointing and the congregation may feel disconnected as well, the congregation can influence the level of anointing that a pastor or worship leader has as well by their passion for me. Whenever I am multiplied in a room and the entire room is fixing their eyes on me with a hunger and faith, there will be an increase of this level of anointing. There are seven principles that increase the anointing. Number one, the principle of asking. We have not because we ask not. We ask not because we desire not. It is a hunger for more and asking God for it that pleases him and causes him to give you more. The second is the principle of obedience. We prove that we can be trusted when we obey the commands of God's word and the specific assignments that he gives us. Obedience is important because there are specific times and opportunities related to our assignments where the anointing will be present during that window of time. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So watch for that. The third is the principle of humility. The Lord cannot come near pride. We are of no use to the kingdom unless we remove the various onion layers of pride. Humility, grace, and God's power go hand in hand. Number four, the principle of transference. When we hang around people with great anointing, that anointing rubs off on us. It is transferable from person to person. Just like hanging out with Jesus makes his glory and anointing rub off on you, Elisha hung around Elijah and asked for to receive a double portion of his anointing when Elijah was taken up. Number five, the principle of worship. Worshiping God ushers in his presence. Worship attracts the presence of God, and when God comes... He brings with him the anointing power. So having worship be part of your holy habits daily will increase the anointing. Number six, the principle of retrospection. That is, when you recall the times that you experienced the anointing in the past, you will begin to notice the patterns that influence how much you have and how much you can experience that anointing again. So, for example, if I spend a lot of time in praise and worship and encountering Jesus before I write anything I'm going to write in a book or a podcast, then I can feel and release his presence more because I did that. Number seven, the principle of being in the word and spending time in prayer. Spending time in the word and prayer brings illumination and revelation from the Lord, which increases your anointing. This is what the Lord had to say about increasing your anointing. Abide in me. The more faithful you are in seeking my face, reading the word, and spending time in my presence, the more you will feel the increase of anointing and glory, which transforms you into the Christ identity 
that I have created for you to become. You are being prepared for your calling by my love and will grow measure by measure in preparation for that calling. This is the season for you to create indelible holy habits of abiding communion and worship. These need to be unshakable habits that will be part of your everyday existence. Stay plugged in. Keep desiring more of me and ask for more, and I will give you more in increasing stages. Being faithful with the gifts I have given you is an amazing privilege. Don't take it for granted. The Spirit of God will not come to you without your consent. You must yield to the Holy Spirit to allow him to come. You need to make him feel welcome. Fear can keep the anointing away and is a form of faithlessness. God will use you in your unique way. So don't limit God by your faithlessness and don't imitate other people's anointings. God created you for a particular style of ministry and the anointing he has for you is unique for that purpose. Faith increases the anointing. Little faith yields little results. Great faith yields great results. How do you intentionally release the Holy Spirit and his anointing? Here are four ways. One is to speak the words that God gives you to speak over someone. The words God spoke in the Bible to the prophets are truth and they are life. Jesus is the word and the Holy Spirit reveals wisdom and understanding about the word in your heart. So when you speak what God has given you to say, whether it's in a conversation or in a book or in a song, it will always be for other people's benefit. Second is just acts of faith. God's presence accompanies his actions. He qualifies you by the assignments and he equips you with his power. Actions are always motivated by the compassion and love of God's heart. When you step out in faith to obey God's direction, no matter how scary, faith springs forth with the power for you to be able to accomplish it. When God directs you to do something, you need to act accordingly and obediently, or you will miss a blessing and so will the person for whom you were intended to bless. So make sure you obey by taking acts of faith. The third is prophetic actions. Sometimes what the Lord directs you to do seems illogical. But even if you don't understand why God is asking you to do something, it's important for you to obey it. One preacher told a story of how the Lord gave him assignment to punch a lady in the belly in order to heal her stomach of cancer. He obviously double-checked with God that that was the correct assignment before he obeyed it. Her cancer popped like a balloon and was instantly gone. God knows everything, and his ways are wiser than our ways. Imagine how crazy Noah felt obeying the assignment to build an ark in an arid climate for a hundred years. Touch. The laying of hands is one of the ways the Lord transfers the anointing from one person to another. I have felt the warmth of God's healing presence in my hands as I have prayed for someone and watched God heal them. It's a good practice to ask for permission before you touch people. But if the Lord is asking you to touch somebody, make sure that you do because that's the method of transferring his power that he's choosing in the moment. There are other ways that the Holy Spirit is releasing the anointing that you may not be aware of at the time. One is something we like to call God's divine perimeter. When the Holy Spirit is overflowing from you, 
There is a proximity of anointing that surrounds you. This is the reason that Peter's shadow healed. The story about that is in Acts chapter 5. It wasn't actually his shadow that healed. It was the divine perimeter of God's anointing. Jesus explained it to me this way. When you are full of the Spirit, the enemy can sense and feel me, and they cannot come near my holiness. The more time you spend with me in my presence, the more lingering of me surrounds you. When people enter the divine radiation zone of my presence, they instantly feel me and can drop to their knees in repentance when they encounter my holiness. The second is just by releasing God's love and compassion. The emotion of God's heart is characterized by his love and compassion. Everything that God does is motivated by those two things. Compassion is different than sympathy. Sympathy gives attention to the person's need, while compassion sets them free. The Lord clarified this further for me. He said, it's all about tapping into the emotion of my heart. I want you to see people's hearts the way I do. Pray the show me their heart prayer and I will show you what I mean. When you sincerely pray this prayer, you will get to the place of compassion. I will reframe the situation so you see people the way I do. I don't want you to feel sorry for people. That's sympathy. I don't feel sorry for people. I feel love for them. That's what I want you to understand at the bottom of your heart. It's all about love. Staying tuned to me is the secret to sensing how I feel about people. That's what I need you to understand so that your heart is moved by compassion as I am. The third is clothing or material things. The Holy Spirit's anointing can be passed on in things like liquids and clothing. An example of this in the Bible is when the woman who had been suffering for 12 years with an illness touched the friends of Jesus' robe was instantly healed. The anointing presence on the garment and the anointing power in Jesus himself were both present when and released when she was healed. Jesus was not aware until he felt the healing power leaving his body that this woman had touched his garment. See Mark 5, 21 to 34. I have to tell my own story about the physical manifestation of God's healing here too. There's not even really a lot of examples of this written about, generally speaking. But Lance Walnow, in his teaching about the favor of God, talks about the anointing as the honey of heaven because it's sticky and sweet. He speaks of it as a magnetic force that attracts blessings and, like the flip side of a coin, can also attract spiritual warfare because the enemy will want to stop what you can do for the kingdom and can sense that anointing. But for now, I just want to pick up on the sticky and sweet part as I go into this story. Over the course of about 10 days, I had several incidences of waking up and seeing something on my bathroom mirror right in front of my sink. The first day, it was one droplet. I assumed it was water, and I wiped it away and surprised that it was smearing like a sticky substance instead of wiping off like water. I didn't know what that was about, and I just forgot about it. A couple of days later, there were three drops exactly in front of where I would look in the mirror. My husband and I have a double sink bathroom, and this was only showing up right where I would be looking at the mirror in front of my sink. Having brushed my teeth the night before, I realized it wasn't there then. It was something that happened in the middle of the night. 
I still wasn't catching up to what this was until three days later. When I woke up to 16 inches of this substance directly in front of where I would look in the mirror in a splatter pattern that suggested that somebody had a stick of this substance and flicked their wrist and a smattering of it was all over the mirror and also drips of it on my wall. This time I realized that this was from God and it must be his anointing oil. I called my husband into the room to show it to him and the first thing he said was, what did you do? I laughed and I told him I didn't do anything that I didn't think he did anything either, but that I believed it was the anointing of God on my mirror. George was looking around at the ceiling to see if something could have dropped on it from there. Andy was also playing around with my biotin mouth spray to see if he sprayed it on the mirror, if it was the same consistency. It was absolutely baffling. Then I said to George that I know that Lance Wan now calls the anointing the honey of heaven because it's sticky and sweet. I know the substance is sticky, but if it tastes sweet, it has to be God's anointing. So I dabbed some on my finger and I touched it to my tongue and squealed with delight. It was sweet. It did not taste like sugar or honey, but it was a sweet that I had never tasted before. I asked George if he wanted to taste it, and he said, I'm not tasting that. When I asked the Lord later what this was all about, he said, did you like my gift for you on the mirror this morning? Yes. Wow, Lord, sorry I missed those drops that you gave me before, just didn't catch up to it. He said, well, you couldn't have missed it today. Sven, who's one of my guardian angels, had a little bit too much fun with that last night, and both of us were laughing. I thought it was him. Lord, thank you so much that I was even able to taste it. What do you want me to do with it, and what do you want me to know about why you sent it? He gave me some instructions about what to do with the oil on the mirror, and then he said, It was on the mirror because I wanted you to see me when you see you, and I want others to see me when they see you, and they do. This is why I had Carol call you today to encourage you. I want you to believe me for this upgrade and anointing. You are following me well. A couple of days later, I asked the Lord to periodically bless me by sending anointing oil occasionally, just to bring me joy. And the next morning, there were more droplets on the mirror. About a month later, I had started making jewelry for my painting projects and hoping to sell some of them for a fundraiser for a workshop that's coming up in October that I'll be sharing with you about later in later podcasts. And there was anointing oil in my jewelry box. And the Lord said that he was anointing that hobby of painting and jewelry making so that it would bring me joy and also that it would bring me finances for the workshop event. I have attached some of the photos of these manifestations below in the pattyej.podbean.com site for this episode. So you can see what it looks like to have anointing oil on a mirror and on a jewelry box. The fourth way that you are increasing the anointing without really being aware of it is when you worship. The Holy Spirit inhabits the praises of his people. You can always release the presence of God by tapping into the flow of the Holy Spirit and praising him. The longer you praise God, the more likely you will begin to feel his presence and the more likely others around you will feel it as well. At the beginning journal, the Lord revealed that abiding in Christ is actually the way to increase anointing. 
The safest place you can be is in the center of God's will with the Holy Spirit's presence protecting you. If you are Holy Spirit-centered, you are abiding in his dwelling place. Living with the Holy Spirit is different than compartmentalizing him into just pieces of your life. It's an immersion lifestyle, the focus of Holy Spirit. Being with God is transformational. You are changed into his likeness when you are around him. So being with God leads to increased believing in God. You can't make somebody welcome if you don't believe they exist. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please him, by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own, for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from all the consequences of sin. To grieve is to cause sorrow and distress. When we don't believe God for who he says he is and what he says he'll do, and we don't invite his presence to surrender to his perfect will, we grieve the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. To quench is to stop the flow, cut off communion, put out the fire, extinguish the compassion of God. This reminds me of the importance of staying in the naturally supernatural flow of the Holy Spirit. Knowing that it's important that we stay in the flow is one thing, but realizing that it grieves him when we don't makes me more determined to stay in the spirit of God's presence. Abiding in God means being conscious of him. We always release the reality of the world we are most aware of. Living with the continual awareness of God must be the supreme goal for anyone who understands the privilege of hosting his spirit. The authority comes with the commission, the call or the assignment from God. The power comes with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Our service and ministry to the Lord should flow from a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit who lives in us for our sakes and empowers us for the sakes of others. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After you have spent some time with the Lord in your special place as a child, playing and enjoying his presence, ask Jesus how you can have an increased sensitivity to the Spirit and ask him to show you times that he was releasing anointing through you that you may not have realized. And then spend some time 
talking to him about the ways he would like to see you receiving his anointing and releasing it in the future and how you can obey that voice in your daily walk. So take all the time you need and record everything you see and hear and feel from the Lord in your journal. Well, I hope you learned a little bit about the anointing of God today, his mighty power and how you can receive it and release it, steward it in your life by having the Lord make you more sensitive to his spirit as you go through your day. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.